Arnold. So great to be here again. Let me just get myself set up. Uh, one of the things I really don't like is starting late. And uh, I don't think we've ever started late at St. Matt's until this morning. Uh, we're five minutes late. It wasn't Dave Hanbury's fault. It was my fault. Well, it wasn't my fault. We had um, such a response at 8 o'clock. We had people praying for and Dave trying to get the drum kit out. And I'm going, no, just go away. <laughs> I want to talk this morning on healing. And we had a wonderful morning at 8 o'clock uh, praying for people for healing. And I'm going to be making the same invitation after today um, at the end of this service if there are people who would like prayer for healing to come forward. And today is uh, the 22nd of September. It's the first Sunday of the school holidays. And I always leave the school holidays free, a couple of places for preacher's choice, uh, just to preach on something that's on their heart. And I noticed Luke, uh, we looked at last week, Mike kind of preached on half the passage uh, which was totally fine. It wasn't a complaint about Mike, but he really just picked the first part of the reading. And I was looking at it, and it's a very interesting and important passage, uh, which needed to be dealt with in its own right, which is why he just dealt with the other passage. And I thought, no, I want to look at uh, this topic of Jesus and healing because it's a very important topic in the world we live in. Um, no doubt all of us uh, are amazed at the beauty of this world we live in. And I think particularly here in Manly, we get... Uh, the wonder of God's creation. But no doubt also, uh, all of us know what it feels like to suffer. Uh, suffering and sickness are part of this world, part of our experience of life. In fact, I don't know anyone who hasn't been sick at some point. Um, it's just a universal experience of life that we get sick and we will go through suffering. And we come to a passage where Jesus is dealing with a woman who'd been suffering and sick for 18 years and in speaking on this topic I'm aware that though like all of us uh, we're sick um, I typically have actually and I thank God for this have been blessed with very good health um, I rarely get sick um, thank you Lord I hope it stays that way um, but I know there's many others who that isn't the case uh, you will go through life and you wonder why me as you suffer quietly and silently, but yet suffer. And the sickness uh, may be physical, it may be mental, uh, it may be that you're here suffering with some spiritual condition that has debilitated you. But at the end of the day, there's just a quiet suffering that goes on. And I know that that is true for many people. And so as you hear a passage read like this this morning, you identify with this woman who suffered for 18 years. And you hear that Jesus healed her and so your ears pick up and you wonder, wouldn't it be great, Lord, if you could touch my life? Well, I've been praying that God would touch people's lives this morning. So why don't we pray as we come to this passage and look at this very important topic. Spirit of the risen Christ, we thank you that you're with us here today. And we pray that you would come in power and speak to us with clarity about what it means to follow Jesus in this world and the important topic of healing in his name. And Lord, I pray that you would be here in power to touch and heal people's lives this day 
In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, suffering and sickness is what we're coming to. Well, if you've got your Bibles there, open up. We're at uh, the reading Lionel read for us, page 1033, Luke chapter 13 from verse 10. And I've basically got a series of questions that I want to look at as we go through this passage. And um, I'm not going to spend all of my time in the passage. I want us to, if I could say, start with the passage and think about the issues raised by the passage uh, from a broader point of view in terms of thinking about Scripture in general. But if we start there, um, you'll notice a very interesting fact. Verse 10. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. Now, that's not the interesting thing. That's very common for Jesus, that he would be teaching on the Sabbath in a synagogue. What is interesting is verse 11, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. Uh, Questions are raised here. She's sick for 18 years because of a spirit. I take it it's an evil spirit. In other words, the devil has been at work to produce suffering and sickness is what we find here. And it does raise questions, what are we to make of this? What actually causes suffering and sickness? Uh, Is what Luke is saying is that all sickness comes from the devil. Now this is not the first time that you see a connection between, if I can say, the world of evil and spirits and sickness in Luke's Gospel. In fact, it is kind of a a sub-theme that runs through. You have a look at some passages. Uh, Turn to Luke 8, verse 1 and 2. And what you'll see there is that there are some women who are cured of evil spirits and diseases. Now, it's interesting, uh, they're put together. They're cured of evil spirits and diseases. And so you see some sort of connection. Mary Magdalene was one of them. She had seven demons come out from her. Uh, You go to chapter 11, verse 14. Jesus is driving out a demon that was mute when the demon left. The man who had been mute spoke and so you see that the devil has the power on this occasion to mute a person who is possessed by this demon. Uh, There is no doubt in my mind when the devil comes into a person's life, it affects them spiritually, mentally and physically. Chapter 4, verse 38 and 39 an interesting one. He leaves the synagogue, goes to the home of Simon. Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever. They asked Jesus to help her, so he bent over and he rebukes the fever. Now, it's very interesting. Normally, he would just say, be well. But here, he personalises the sickness and rebukes the sickness in a personal way. And the fever left her. It's just an interesting phrase. And then you get a summary statement in Luke's second volume, the book of Acts, and he summarises Jesus' ministry there using Peter's words. Peter said, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who are under the power of the devil because God was with him. All who are under the power of the devil were healed. And so you see this connection between evil and the work of the devil and sickness. And so what do we conclude? That uh, the devil is the cause of all sickness. Well, I want to say generally no, but yes, it can occur. Uh, Why does sickness occur in the world? 
I want to say the first thing is we live in a fallen world. Uh, Ever since Adam and Eve rebelled and they were thrown out, there has been an effect cosmologically. And Paul describes it with these words in Romans 8. He says, this world is in bondage to decay. Now, to decay, it's this physical running down. You see food decay. It breaks down. Paul says, this world we live in is in bondage to decay. It's captive to it. And if I can talk about it in the context of what we're talking about in terms of sickness and suffering... Uh, we are in bondage to death and ageing. All of us are ageing. All of us have an end point called death. Uh, every 10 years you realise you've gotten that bit older as your bones don't move as fast on sports fields as some of our guys have discovered at Band of Brothers as your muscles don't do what they used to do and you pull a hammy. Now they're lighter ones, but our eyesight starts to fade. Our memories go. This is the reality of ageing. We've got bodies that are running down. They hit their prime in their teenage years and then it's a downhill slide for all of us from that moment on. And sickness is part of that. This is a fallen world. It's a world that's got viruses and germs. It's a world where you can catch TB, smallpox, the flu and any number of bugs, diseases and illness. And that's one of the reasons we get sick. We live in a decaying world. And the second thing is our bodies, as I said, are ageing and because of that we're prone to sickness. We are not strong. The great pride of humanity is that we think we're invincible. I did have to laugh. Did you notice the uh, outfits that Mike had on? Luke had the six-pack, Mike just had a stomach. (laughs) There's something prophetic about that. (laughs) Anyway, he's up in kids' church, I can say it, he's not here. (laughs) It was funny to notice though. Because that's what happens, isn't it? We age. My father-in-law died two weeks ago. He was a great man, an incredibly energetic man. When he was 60, he'd returned from South Africa and they sent him out as an Anglican bishop to Kashula, which is south of Liverpool, to a dead, dying, tiny church. He recruited a student minister who was about 35 years younger to come and help him on a Sunday. I'll never forget Dave coming back at the end of a Sunday saying, I can't keep up with him. He wears me out. Literally. That's how energetic he was. Yet to see him two weeks ago, suffering from a number of forms of cancer, heart problems, weak bones, poor hearing, angulospondylitis, and numerous other conditions. You just thought, take him, Lord. He's gone to be with Jesus. He's in a much better place. This is the reality of life. Our bodies age. And sickness is part of that. 
I think John 9 is very instructive. If you want to have a look, uh, the very first couple of verses are very helpful. Uh, Jesus goes and he's on his way and he meets a man blind from birth. And his disciples ask him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Because they had this kind of uh, false, wrong way of thinking that, well, if you've got sickness in your life, it must have been caused by some sin either in you or your past parents. And he said, neither this man has not sinned, nor has his parents sinned. In other words, this has just happened. It's part of this world. But it has happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. In other words, uh, God will use this occasion to bring glory to God and Jesus healed him. Our bodies are sick, that's who we are. We catch bugs and viruses, we've got genetic malfunctions, we have hereditary diseases that we're susceptible to, we are weak. We are not strong. And thirdly, um, sickness is called by sinful and foolish living. Um, now, if you smoke, I wouldn't want to say it's sinful, but I would say it's foolish. Uh, the medicos will tell you rightly that you've got far, far higher chances of throat cancer, lung cancer, uh, heart disease, all number of things. Poor diet. Our nation is heading towards an epidemic Of diabetes. Uh, we're addicted to junk food. And you see, because of our self-induced and foolish and poor choices with food eating, uh, we're affected by it in later life. A good friend of mine has just got diabetes. He's got to change his whole lifestyle at the age of 60. And in many ways it's been induced because of choices made that we make. Uh, there's other things that will happen. It's just because of sin. Drink driving is sinful. Uh, it breaks the law of love, firstly, that you would drive when you're intoxicated and you have the potential to harm others. But importantly, it also breaks the law of the land. And that's why people get arrested for it. Because suffering does happen when accidents happen. But lastly, the devil, as we see, can also cause sickness. And that's what Luke's highlighting here. And I don't think it's common yet I think it's real. And there's no doubt that when people open themselves up to the devil's work, that he will affect them physically, mentally, spiritually. And sickness can be part of that. And so what causes sickness and suffering? Well, there's lots of things. The devil is one of them. But the more important question is, what do you do when you are sick? What do you do when you are sick? Does Jesus actually have the power to heal? Well, have a look at what happens in verse 12. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Now before we think about the power that Jesus has to heal, it's worth noting his compassion. The woman does not come to him. Jesus, in a sense, has come to the woman. The woman has just been suffering silently. She doesn't ask to be healed. Jesus just sees her condition and has compassion on her. And he heals her with a word. Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. He places his hands on and immediately she straightens up. 
And I think that is a profound thing to notice in this world of sickness and suffering and ageing and death, that there is a God who cares. And if you're sitting here this morning, suffering, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, there is sickness. Please note this. Jesus cares and he wants to be at work in our life. But I want you to notice a second thing. There's no mention made of the woman's faith being involved to heal her. Now why do I mention that? You see, Jesus can heal when he wants to. One of the most dangerous false teachings on this topic is that if you don't get healed, it's because you don't have enough faith. God can do it, but you haven't got enough faith to access his power. We had a lady at my past church, her name was Liz. She was a very, very, very godly lady, one of the most godly ladies I've met. She'd come to us from another church because she was told at the other church that the reason her son, who had a congenital heart disease, was not healed, was because she and John, her husband, had not had enough faith. Now, this was a very godly woman. Uh, this is a woman who was at all our prayer meetings, not out of, if I can say, a sense of guilt, but just out of joy. She loved to pray. And this is a woman who prayed for her son on many occasions and took him to the elders on many occasions for prayer and for healing. And when nothing happens, was told by the pastor, um, actually the reason your son's not healed is because you don't have enough faith. Now, that is an awful thing and it makes me angry. It is so wrong. It is so wrong. God will heal when he sovereignly chooses to. God has the power to heal. And we see this here. Jesus just simply says with a woman, you are set free and places his hands on her and she's raised up. The great irony is Liz continued to pray for David and he got a heart transplant and is alive today. And Liz believes that was God's answer to her prayers in a very bittersweet way. Through the marvels of modern medicine, which I think is wonderful, and through organ transplants, and obviously through a great loss, God sovereignly worked to bring life to David. Jesus has the power to heal. So why did Jesus heal? The next question that I ask, I think there's a number of reasons here. Um, what's interesting when you look at the passage, there's less spent on Jesus healing, there's more on the dialogue with the Pharisees. There's something to be noted there. Jesus heals the woman, the Pharisees are upset. You see, he wants to demonstrate that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. This is about him showing them who he was. Now the Sabbath comes from the word sabbath. It means to rest. And what the people of God had looked forward to was restoration and rest. 
It's what we look forward to, restoration and rest. We look forward to not just, if I can say, being saved and having my sins forgiven and being in heaven. That will be great. We look forward to a much greater and grander picture. It is the restoration of all things. Uh, This world that's in decay, in bondage to decay, will be restored. Bodies that are in decay and ageing and sick will be restored. And that hope of the new heavens and the new earth and the restoration of all things is what we look forward to. And Jesus, when he healed, was demonstrating that he is the one who brings in the kingdom as the Son of God. And he will restore all things. And so he restored people as he met them. And he prayed for them. And you see, the disciples and the crowds and the Pharisees should have looked at him and thought, This is the one the Sabbath points to who will bring rest and restoration for all people and all of the cosmos. But no, they got caught up in their pharisaical laws, said you can't heal on the Sabbath, wait another day. I mean, it's just outrageous, isn't it? Come back tomorrow. So everyone who's sick here today, okay, I'm not going to heal you today. Well, not me, Jesus. Come back tomorrow. We've got church to do. He rebukes them for their callous hypocrisy. You see, why did he heal? He was demonstrating who he was. And he was showing his great power and great compassion. And he stands there as a signpost The kingdom of God has come. I want to make another comment though about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has come in the Lord Jesus Christ but it's yet to come. Um, One of the shows uh, I like to watch, I get caught up sometimes addicted to a TV series. Who likes watching TV series? Anyone want to confess that? Yes. (laughs) A few people putting their hands up, a few others having their hands put up for them. That's all right. Um, I won't ask what your series is. Uh, Kath and I quite enjoyed watching Sherlock Holmes, the one on Channel 10. Uh, it's kind of quirky and uh, Sherlock is kind of, he's a bit OCD. Um, anyway, it's a very intriguing show. And I noticed the trailers have come on for season two. And uh, I don't know if Channel 10's in a, uh, trouble, kind of. Well, they're not doing too well because they're kind of pumping it and they're going, you're going to have it direct from the USA. Um, what are the trailers doing when you watch it? You see an episode, little snippet, uh, and they start to kind of intrigue you with the narrative and, you know, the plot line. So that you get hooked in, you know there's something good coming. It's a trailer to something in the future. And I think the miracles and healing functions like that. I want you to think about this. Lazarus is dead. Now you know who Lazarus was? Lazarus is the guy who was dead four days and Jesus raised him from the dead. What a great day that would have been. Well, Lazarus is actually dead again. I don't know if you thought about it, but he died again. In other words, the resurrection of Lazarus was temporary. It was a sign to the world that the one who raises the dead has come into this world. And it's worth thinking of that with sickness. Um, All of us will face death. None of us are going to escape that. The reason God will heal in this world is to give us a foretaste of what is coming. 
And I think that's why not everyone does get healed. It's God's work in the body to give us pictures of the coming kingdom. What he will give every one of us is a sense of his peace and his presence in the midst of whatever we're going through. The kingdom has come. So you will see that power at work, but it's not finally come. It's not fully come. Which leads me to the question, so what about healing today? Can we do just what Jesus did? Well, no and yes. Not yes and no, no and yes. Um, no, we can't. We're not the Son of God. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but I only stand on water when I've got a surfboard under my feet. And everyone else is the same. I haven't seen anyone who walks on water. He raised the dead with a word. He predicted his own death and resurrection and fulfilled that word. He wasn't just a spirit-filled person. He was the Son of God who gives the Spirit. Think about the Apostle Paul. What happened with him? And I say that because he had the most miraculous of ministries and there's no doubt he had an authority that was special to him and unique to him as an apostle. It authenticated his apostleship and his writing of scripture. Acts 14, uh, God gave him the grace to heal a crippled man there. Uh, you go to Acts 19, many people were healed in Ephesus even even, it's my favourite miracle, with a holy hanky. You read about it. Hankies healed people who were Paul's hanky. Uh, don't touch mine, by the way. Um, he healed the demonised girl in Philippi. He raised Eutychus from the dead. Now, Eutychus is a great story. Paul has one night to preach, so he preaches all night. You think I go long. You haven't seen anything yet. He went all night and Eutychus falls asleep in the window and falls out of the building three stories and dies. And Paul rushes down brings him back to life. Now, I love a new book that's come out. It's for preachers. It's called Saving Eutychus. Think about it. Yet Paul could not heal himself. Paul could not heal himself. He had a thorn in the flesh, 2 Corinthians 12. He had an ailment when he was preaching in Galatia that caused him to have to stay there because of his sickness. He could not heal Timothy from his many illnesses. He could not heal Epaphroditus from his life-threatening sickness. He could not heal Trophimus, whom he left ill at Miletus. And I think it's very instructive to see that. The great Apostle Paul, whom God worked through miraculously to do incredible things, even raise the dead, had to leave workers behind sick. Which does tell you something. And so, no, we can't just do what Jesus did, but yes, God can work through us to bring healing. Have a look at 1 Corinthians 12. If you've got your Bibles, you might want to have a look. It's a very important passage on this topic. I'll read the key verses off the screen. Verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So it's worth saying, whatever gifts we have, they're not for self-edification. They're to build up the body. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, 
to another gifts of healing by the one spirit. It really should read one to another gifts of healings. Uh, they're actually both plurals, interestingly. You see, there are gifts given by the Spirit of God through the risen Lord Jesus to build the body up. And one of them is healing. There are gifts of healings that are given. And I think it's put that way for this reason. Um, you don't find healers in the New Testament. You find evangelists, you find teachers, you find pastors, you find prophets. You don't find healers. You just see that God works in the body to give people gifts of healing. Which says to me that I think all of us can be involved in this ministry at one level. But none of us should think we own this ministry, if I can put it that way. Uh, all of us can be used by God to bring healing into other people's lives. And that's why the whole context is the body. And it's why we should pray for each other. Other thing to notice is it comes straight after the gift of faith. And I think they work together. As we have faith given to us, we pray for healing. Because no doubt our faith or lack of is not the reason someone is not healed, but yet we still need to exercise faith in asking for healing. And we need to come to God in faith, believing he cares for us, because he does. And asking for him to be at work in our lives, because he can. And verse 11, at the end of this section, is very instructive. Paul says, all these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one, just as he determines there's a sovereign choice involved. I would love to be able to stand and heal every person here of their sickness or woes. I can't. And what's more, I can't promise that God would do that. What I can do is say there is a God who loves you and who will forgive your sins if you come to him and who can heal you Bring your needs before him because he cares. And I don't know how he will work in your life, but he will work. And we need to have that sense of faith and confidence that we've got a God who cares and who loves us. And he will work as he sovereignly chooses to. And it may be in quite a miraculous way, it may not. It may be that he just continues to give us the strength to endure the suffering and to face death with confidence that our sins are forgiven in the Lord Jesus Christ and we'll be welcomed in to a much better home. So how should we pray for healing? Well, I've got a couple of things. First, we need to come with faith to God believing he can heal. I want to read to us, James 5. James says, Is any one of you in trouble? Well, he should pray. Well, if you're happy, rejoice. Sing songs. Is any one of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. And if they've sinned, 
they'll be forgiven. We need to come with faith, believing God can heal. And I think it's very important and helpful that we lay hands on people. And you see Jesus doing that in the story we've looked at this morning. And I think it's just partially helpful to, if I can say, realise there's a physicality about us as people and about the healing process. And the laying on of hands is, in a sense, an endorsement and a recognition of that. And thirdly, we can ask God to work. We can't demand. And I hear some people saying, demanding, God, heal him. Well, I, I can't do that. I can just come with humility and pray and ask and leave it for God to work as he will. You see, friends, the kingdom of God has come and Jesus has demonstrated that in his ministry and as a sign of that and of his authority as the Son of God, he healed people as we await the final consummation. And so if you've got needs this morning, and you need prayer for healing, I want to invite you at the end of the service to come forward. It may be physical illness of many kinds. Come to the Father this day. It may be emotional needs such as anger, grief, disappointment, depression, a fear of failure that you need to bring before the Lord and have healing for. It may be bondage to various addictions that you're suffering here today. Alcoholism eating disorders, smoking, gambling. It may be relationship difficulties in the home or at work. I don't know what it is, but God can work to enable you to know him, to have his presence in your life and to work powerfully in you as he chooses. And so friends, we're going to stop and we're going to sing and if you would like prayer for healing this morning, I would invite you to come forward. Um, I'll probably bring people over this side so that people are going out for morning tea can go out to morning tea. And I've got some people organised from our prayer team to pray for people, Max, myself, my wife, Kelsey and some others. And so if that's you this morning, don't be afraid. Claim the presence and the power and the promises of God in the Lord Jesus Christ. Come to him with humility, confessing, your sins and him as your Lord and come for prayer if that's you today. Let me pray. Father, we do thank you for your love and your compassion. Father, we don't deserve your grace but yet you give it to us in the Lord Jesus through his death and resurrection. And we thank you, Lord, that you care for us as people with our emotional, physical and spiritual needs. And you invite us to come. And so I pray, come in power today and work in people's lives to bring healing as they need. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.